This is the Software and Technology Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. The more diversity of thought of the people working at tech companies, the better. The blockchain idea was around 91, the same idea of in a digital world, we need verifiable documents. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern, and joining me is Mark Bishop, the CEO of Amaryllis. Mark, always good to talk to you, sir. Great to talk to you as well, Tyler. Appreciate it. Absolutely. So today we're talking about Amaryllis, and you have a purpose-based platform that makes it easy for third-party payment companies to launch quickly and effectively. So I was reading, actually, that your founding team actually has over 60 years of experience in payment processing, and experience is actually where I'd like to start the conversation today, Mark, because you've worked in roles both at Bank of America and Vantive in charge of supporting the needs of third-party payment companies. So how did that experience really help prepare you to be the CEO at Amaryllis? You get to see the needs of the market itself as an acquirer, which both Bank of America and Vantif are when they're trying to support these types of businesses to allow them to conduct payments. You get to see the different businesses and the ideas and the entrepreneurs of the ideas that they have to be able to bring buyers and sellers together, but then they need to monetize that. And so every one of these entrepreneurs is unique. They all feel that their baby is special and they are, right? And they come with a different flavor and the acquirers have to be able to be flexible enough to to be able to support them. And so my division was able to look at each individual one as a brand new type of business that we, the acquirer, had to figure out how to support these guys. And so you get to know their executive teams, you get to know their businesses, their business models. And for those that that pass the test, they come on as a client and then you learn and you grow with them. And so after seeing hundreds of these types of clients, uh, as well as being a prior consultant with Pricewaterhouse and other consulting roles, it all made sense to really look for a tool that can start to service the needs of all these different types of businesses. But what are the commonalities and could some tool or system or partner really help a majority of them? So it, it helped position me to get to see the marketplace, get to see the diversity of the market, get to see the challenges that are out there. What are the roadblocks, whether it's internal risk and compliance or the card brands themselves, to then come up with you know, what's the best next step and how best can both a company I go to as well as myself help a majority of the clients in the third-party space. So that experience that you have really seems like a pretty key differentiator, just that you've been able to see different aspects of the industry. You have a consultative background as well. What do you view as the key differentiator for Amaryllis just in general in this space? It's a combination of both the technology that the founders came up with. They took two years of really looking at requirements and built from the ground up the entire solution. Uh, It wasn't built for something else first and then evolved to where it is. It was really built with third parties in mind. And then uh, after coming on their side with the experience and the consultative knowledge, now it's not just a technology solution. Now it's actually value that we can provide someone as a trusted advisor in the industry to say, look, we have your back. We've got enough experience and scars on our back to know what doesn't work as well as what works and bring that optimum knowledge to each individual client individually, which differentiates ourselves from the competition that will say they have a solution in a box. Well, that's a technical solution in a box. And it doesn't really mean, are you really caring for that client? Or are you just giving them a tool and hope that the client knows what to do with the tool? So we kind of try to add a little more value than just give them tools. It's also be advisors to them, be friends with them, and really have their back when it comes to a lot of things that they don't know. 
Yeah, that's a really great point. And one of the things that I think of when I think of what you do is is that no organization that you work with is really going to be the same, which would tend to mean that no solution for any two companies is going to be the same. So how do you go about really supporting um, and encouraging almost that uniqueness of each of these companies and the different requirements that they're going to have? How do you make sure that you're, um, I guess, addressing those specific needs for each company? Oh, that's the beauty of having an open API platform, yet having very specific modules so over the life cycle of a relationship whether you're trying to do the know your customer on a merchant uh, the risk and compliance of a transaction how do you actually board a specific merchant to your point they're all different so you have to have enough flexibility in your tool set to be able to customize it so that that merchant feels special but give them all the tools that they need to run their business at that point but yet each one wants to run it differently so you have to build a solution with so many different answers so that they can pick and choose which pieces of your answer make sense and then make it seamless in terms of how they use it versus the next client that uses the exact same solution but uses it completely differently a good example we like to use is excel right nobody uses excel the same most people use it for simplicity but then you have others that are doing lookup tables and other aspects and linking everything together but excel had to build it with that super user in mind as well as the simplistic user in mind and that's what we've done with amaryllis when it comes to supporting third-party payments yeah i'm sure a lot of people use excel for more than just their fantasy football draft but that's that's what i use it for so you know (laughs) (laughs) i i know it's much more powerful than that so um you know you you approach these these conversations i would assume just uh I, i guess with the goal of figuring out what makes these companies unique so how do you approach those conversations and really dive in and get to know them specifically and find out what their goals are. What walk me through that process of having that conversation with a with a client? Sure, that's the art of you know the consulting nature and you know bringing Pricewaterhouse training back into you know how best are you a good listener, right? How do you identify those that are in the industry that already play, but you already know that they only know what they know. And they aren't sitting there studying the market to know all the different choices. And so they, they sometimes look to consulting groups. But if they can get this through a tool, I always approach these by saying, look, I've probably been in your shoes before in various forms. I've known companies like yours. Um, here's a couple examples. And that immediately gets their buy-in. So once you get the buy-in from them that you actually understand the industry and you're well-connected because they'll check your network and see if you've taken the time to get to know other people and other tools, that continually gets us in the door to say they want to learn more and they want to, more importantly, want to share what their goals are instead of just their problems. It's, look, here's our problems, but also here's where we're thinking about going. Do you think we're going about it the right way? Is this the right approach? Because they immediately get the trust and it all has to be done in the same meeting this isn't done over time this is done in the first five ten minutes and then they open up and then they ease up and now they start going down different aspects that they didn't even expect to to have the conversation with which to us is all good now there's good and bad to that because that creates a longer relationship because now you want to take the time to get to know them and others and it's not a quick sale but that's okay for us because in the end that means a long-term relationship and a long-term deal that's how we get by each one being unique. It's a matter of taking time, be a good listener, but then having the experience to usually always know the answer right there and then on the call, not have to go back and ask five different experts before you can help a client. 
Yeah, absolutely. So we've talked now just that uh, we've mentioned a couple of different times that every you know customer and every client that you work with is unique and has different uh, goals, different challenges, different things they're trying to overcome. Uh, what are some of those ways that, that each company is unique? We haven't really talked about the, the specific differences between some of the companies. So a lot of the companies, when they're bringing buyers and sellers together, either want to give their clients a great onboarding experience, meaning if you're a new company and you want to be serviced by um, this third party that's going to be able to provide you payments. Here's a very easy dashboard and windows and ability to do it. I only need four bits of information and I'll approve you to come in as long as you're a low risk merchant. Um, and that's all some of these third parties do. There are other third parties that want to service low, medium, and high risk products. Maybe they've got a higher risk product and, and higher risk can be furniture sales or event registrations. Those are considered higher risk in the card networks, or they can just sell biscuits out of their house, or they could support the person who sells biscuits out of their house, as well as the airline industry, all within the same third party. You, th- you then, it, but it's like a, a dimensional hierarchy. You then get those that are very risk averse and you get others that are willing to take risks. You have to have a solution that allows both parties to be able to conduct their business in those fashions. You'll get some third parties that want to pay their merchants instantly. You'll get others that only want to pay them every three days and any combination of how they want to actually pay the merchants at the end of the day or have controls over the merchants. So even though we may have the exact same client who's only going to service, let's say, high-end bicycles for the Tour de France, but one business is just starting out and the other one's been in business 25 years and they've got five customers, the other one has one, even though it's the same product and the same average ticket, vastly different risk thresholds, vastly different ways they're going to pay the merchant. So even with the same product, it can be different. And so imagine those that carry different products, and it just continues to, to be exponential at that point. And then you add in some of the other variables, right? Because there are differing and ambiguous rules across different card brands and banks, et cetera. You know, so, so that makes things more complicated at that point, right? Right. So now take that exponential cube of information, and now you want to get sponsorship from a bank. Each bank is different. Each bank will ask you different questions in terms of due diligence. How are you going to manage your business? How do you manage your merchants? And once you answer those questions at bank one, you then go over to bank number two or acquire number two, and they say, well, we need twice as many questions because we don't trust you or we don't usually do these businesses, and so please be patient with us. Um, And that's just the acquirers, and they're reacting to the card brands. So Visa and MasterCard lead the way with with defining rules for very specific third parties, whether it's a marketplace or payment facilitator. But then each acquirer and bank interpret those rules to their own because it's not a hard and set rule all the time. And so it's left for interpretation. And so we help those interpretations because we have relationships with every card brand. And so we know really what they meant by those rules and we're able to transfer what was meant into a viable plan because when an acquirer tells them, well, you can only do this, we will gladly say, actually, no, we'll negotiate on your behalf with that acquirer because they're misinterpreting the rule and we're happy to bring in the card brands behind us to show that. Yeah, and that's, uh, I would guess, invaluable you know, experience that you're able to bring uh, wisdom and, and that comes just from years in the business, right? And that's just not something that you can replicate uh, in an instant. Correct. If you don't, if you haven't taken the time to get to know the card brands and establish, again, the relationships, right? It goes back to, you know, my entire life, I've been uh, very relationship-driven. 
you know, as an only child, you kind of do that, right? Your friends are your family. And so my business friends are my family as well. And I feel I'd let the business down at that point. And whatever company I go to, and we've really done that at Amaryllis, you know, we befriend clients for a reason because the market's very small and you can't afford a black eye in this industry. So, you know, you better not burn a bridge. You better really take the time to get to know people because your network and your time is more valuable than just the solution itself. Yeah, absolutely. So we're talking uh, about a lot of different ways that Amaryllis really sets itself apart in this industry, but how have you seen um, your mission and the goals of Amaryllis really confirmed by people outside the company, whether it's with awards or certifications or articles written about you? Have you seen that being, you know, confirmed you know, by people outside of Amaryllis? We have, and it's been a, a pleasure to be able to come in. Uh, I started in July of 2017, and the very first year was, how do we best get the word out? And all the acquirers and the trade publications were very kind to us. Uh, the Electronic Transaction Association said, Mark, glad to hear you landed somewhere. Let's learn more about it. Let's really understand it. And then uh, Payments.com does a platform study every uh, every month. In the very first month that they analyzed us, I believe it was September of 2017, they put us in the top 10 out of 100 different platforms. And many of the platforms above us, ahead of us in the top 10, were already working with us to try to learn more about how we could even help them, as well as many of the others. So we've been very fortunate in terms of getting invited to speaking engagements. Uh, I probably speak on average once a month somewhere uh, either at a trade publication or at a conference or in, a, in another venue just to, you know, help share, you know, kind of this trusted advisor theory, but also why Amaryllis or why would I go to somebody like an Amaryllis? Why leave the acquiring business to go into the tool set? It's because it's such an open platform. It actually helps that consultative nature of really being now with the you know, the consultative nature combined with a tool that's flexible enough to change when it needs to, to evolve with your business or to stay put was really attractive to me to now help that consultative piece. It's one more piece or one more arrow in the quiver that can help clients actually be more successful. So luckily, Electronic Transaction Association, Payments.com, many other areas have all gotten behind us and have written articles and allowed us to speak uh, at their at their venues and they've published that. And is that kind of your favorite aspect of what you get to do, just that consultative nature, but also, you know, getting to go and speak? Because I think you, and you mentioned this earlier, really enjoy that human interaction and that relational side. So is that what you enjoy, just that that problem-solving process with your clients and then getting to go and share that with others? It is, which is why I've been a consultant all my life, right? Because when you're, it's constantly changing. It's something new. You're learning and meeting new people, but more importantly, you're helping them. You're watching smiles on their faces when they come in. Oh, okay. It, it, when we walk into a room, they kind of sit back and you can just see relief of we're not going to overcharge them and we're actually going to give them value and we're going to price on value, not just give them something and hope they know what to do with it. And people resonate to that. And if you're genuine, both professionally and socially, so you have to do just as much work outside of, uh, outside of the office as you do inside with these people so that they gain your trust to know, okay, you actually are the same person whether it's inside work, outside work, because as I always tell my staff and others, if you can't roll your sleeves up for a 24-hour day with your client because they're going to drive you nuts or something, then something's wrong. You got to reestablish that relationship. You got to understand how to speak at a certain level. But I've always enjoyed that because it's come 
naturally, but then you see the value that comes out. And so for a firm like Amaryllis to be able to provide that value, it's, it, in my opinion, is needed to be a competitive differentiator in a space where tools are coming up all the time. Absolutely. And that competitive uh, differentiator, I think, is really well on display and you do a great job of, uh, of communicating that. And uh, so I always enjoy just getting to have these conversations. So Mark Bishop, the CEO of Amaryllis, thank you so much for taking some time to talk to me today. I appreciate it, Tyler. It's always a pleasure. And, uh, you know, as you put in the end, uh, I do like to talk and have these conversations. And I'll do it in a large group or I do it one-on-one. So uh, thanks again. Well, I'll look forward to uh, talking again uh, soon in the future. Sounds great, Tyler. You take care. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. To find more of Amaryllis' podcast or just other podcasts across the industry, head over to marketscale.com. Click on Industries at the top of the page and scroll down and find what you are interested in. We have plenty of more podcasts, video content, and written articles as well for you to enjoy. We'll be back soon with another episode of the podcast, but until then, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks for listening.